Welcome to Vintage Burn. This is Kev. Marco. And Dougie Fake News LeBlanc. <laughs> and tonight we are doing the Opinionated Pit segment, our metal talk show. And we are going to be covering 1981 rock and metal albums. I think we're all pretty excited about this. And to be honest with you guys, I really enjoyed today just working and listening through a bunch of those records. I really like that we do this. I think it's awesome. Yeah, man. Uh, you know, you're just trying to think of different ways and innovative ways to talk about things. Granted, you know, people have done top tens many a times. Like, lists are nothing new. But yeah, man, instead of just talking about news and what we're listening to, you know, it opens up a good discussion. So I, I really like doing it. And plus, like you said, like even the last couple of days, I've been listening to nothing but 1981. Nothing but 1981. Just because that third one I, I couldn't cement. So that, here's the format is we, we each pick three and we already picked what, you know, our our top dog album. We, we decided on it. We actually agreed upon it for the year. So we did 1980. And I just want to say I'm not drunk this time. I listened back to that 1980 episode, man. And, and it was so long since us three were together in the same room. You know, that was it was a while, you know, until last time. Right. Like a long time. Uh, since like October, because we did the the Halloween one in person. We did uh, Ernest Get Stupid and Wolf Cop. Yeah, that's still a pretty long time. So I think I was excited. Oh. I drank too much, and by by the end of uh, doing the second podcast, I was talking over everybody, cracking the microphone. Uh, yeah, I wasn't too happy with my performance. So I promise I'll do better this time. Wait, Doug, did you say that was the last time we were together? I believe so. Right, yeah, all three. Yeah, no, all three we... of us. Yeah, we. No, we forgot what the weekend, dude. Like last month, we were (laughs) were together. (laughs) Well, no, that was the same night as Demon uh, Demon Night. We did Demon Night in uh, in 1980, is what Mark was talking about. Oh, just the metal, like when we did it, when we did like an actual year, a year of albums. Yes, because we we did Demon Night, and then we decided to do the the metal one after. And like Mark was said, we hadn't seen each other in a while. We all been, you know, having beers, and then uh, yeah, got sloppy. I was gonna say, I was like. (laughs) Holy shit, guys! I'm like, I just saw you guys like last month. Remember, Pentikus was supposed to have his his uh, pre baby party or whatever, and we we ended up podcasting instead. Yeah, his hit last hurrah. Yeah, but before that, it's been a long time, is what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah, so, definitely crazy. So, so the bears were flowing. So anyway, yeah, I just I think I formatted it, but yeah, we each pick three. I'll kick it off, just because I'm ready, ready to go. So number ten. I had a hard time deciding what I wanted. First, it was Motley Crue, Too Fast for Love. Then I listened to it, and I'm like, no. Has like four or five really good songs, but the rest are total shit. You know, <laughs> uh, what it is, is I think like my buddy had a, a, best, a best of album from him in the 90s, and it had like the best songs from it. So I thought it was a better album than it actually was. And yeah, it was bad. Then I was going to go with Van Halen, Fair Warning, which is one of my favorite albums from the uh, thing. But uh, I wanted to stick to metal personally. So I'm going with Saxon, Denim, and Leather. Uh, now, Saxon, me and Doug have talked about this, is a band that, uh, you know, some reason passed me by. I didn't really listen to them too much. But over the last few days, it's the album that caught my ear the most, and now I kind of understand why they're held in such high esteem. And, uh, yeah, I love the album. I listened to it three times. Princess of the Night. Uh, which ones are the ones I like? Then the band played on. Denim and Leather is a classic sing-along song, Fire in the Sky. Anyway, 
that's my pick. Anybody have any thoughts on it? Um, no. Um, well, yes, actually, I should say. Uh, <laughs> uh, you're, you're right. They're, they're one of those bands live. Um, I don't know if I've seen them other than who they open for. Judas Priest. It was yeah, Judas Priest. Priest. Okay. So, yeah. So, and I remember you, what was the one you wanted? There was like one song from them you wanted to catch. It was like Free Will Burning. Yeah, or Wheels of Steel, I believe. Oh, Wheels of Steel. Okay. But yeah, they're, they're one of those yeah. bands that have gotten a good reputation all these years. And then live, they were good, you know, and I'm kind of curious. And that's why, that's why, like you were saying, I'm glad we're doing this. Because there's actually albums that I thought I liked that I hadn't listened to in a long time that I actually don't like. And vice versa, ones mm -hmm. that I'm like, oh, wow, I should finally get around to this. And so. Yeah, yeah. That, that was Motley Crue for me. You know, I thought I thought that album was fire from start to finish. And it's not. You know, like I said, four or five good songs, the rest are trash. You know, so it made me open my eyes a little bit more, too. Gavage. And now I'm listening to nothing but the plasmatics the last two hours yeah. because Doug sent it to me and they have an 81 release, too. God damn it. Yeah, that they're ooh, they're good, too. Them and Girl School, they're both, uh, you know, good female-fronted. All right, so I had a little bit of a Marco um, incident. I originally was going to choose Raven, uh, Wipeout, uh, just because it has Lamps to Slaughter, which, you know, creators covered and um did a killer cover of and i listened to the whole album and i'm like wow yeah i just i don't like this um <laughs> it, and i thought it was like oh maybe it's just you know um you know i went from listening to thrash or death to this i'm just like no i listened to it like a few different times in different scenarios but so i ended up going with um judas priest point of entry which um not their strongest album, like metal-wise, I would say. It's very radio-friendly. You know, uh, heading, out, heading out to the highway. But then again, it has Desert Plains, which might be my favorite Judas Priest song other than, you know, something off Painkiller. But, I mean, you got uh, Solar Angels. I forget what else that... Like I said, it's not really completely memorable, which, um, you know, after seven studio albums in 1981, that's kind of impressive by itself. Yeah, that's kind of like their second era, though. That's like when they became a little more radio-friendly, maybe more, maybe a little inspired by the new wave of uh, British heavy metal, like four or five-minute songs, and, you know, started with uh, British Steel, Point of Entry, Defenders of the Faith. Unfortunately, Point of Entry, to me, is the weakest out of, man, between Sad Wings and, and Defenders, I think it's the weakest album they, they did. Yeah, in that I, era. I agree. H you know, but... Desert Plains, you're right. Fucking killer song, and I know I know Kevin loves that song too. I'm not oh sure yeah, Kevin man. Has something to say about this album? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I I agree. I think this is their. It's one of their weakest albums. It's just not. It just doesn't slam like a lot of their other records. And I, I think this was just a more mainstream album. Definitely more on the rock side. But I mean, Desert Plains alone is just a killer killer tune. Yeah, I, I could put that on repeat just over and over and over and over. You know what I mean? Just That's the song I cannot get sick of, and there's very few songs on earth that are like that. Yeah, it goes back to, like, you know, even in the Priest catalog, that's the album I actually avoided. I don't even know if I have that one on vinyl. I have, I think, all of their first ones at least, you know, like, I think up until Ram It Down, except I don't have Turbo either because I don't like that album. But, but um, what do you call it? Uh, but then, you know, I never knew about Desert Plains until Doug... Uh, a boner for it yeah you, you know and that was it and i was like he, he's like dude listen to this song and and that was the same thing i listened to it maybe three times in a row and i fucking love that song but 
again, I put the album on and yeah, it doesn't stack up, but you know what? I think it's good enough to be on a top 10 list for 81 because Priest is that good. Now we're, we're just stacking it up against the rest of Priest catalog. You know what I mean? So it's, it's, a, it's a tough sell as far as that goes. But if you're talking about just overall albums, I, I think it belongs in the top 10 anyway. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, man. It, it's, it's got some great tracks. Like, you know, I, I'm not a fan of the, the words hot rocking, but I, I definitely, you know, I definitely appreciate um, the song itself. Um, you know, On the Run is really good. Heading out to the highway, I don't have to say anything. Everybody knows that tune, you know, so. That's a good song, um, though. It is. Oh, definitely. It is. Um, Mm -hmm. The thing I love about it is I love the album cover, the original album cover, with which is I think it's supposed to be uh, a jet or a jet wing or something like that. Um, Or um, it's hard to tell. I think that's what I like about it. It's kind of abstract because it's like up close of some type of machinery. And I just love the name point of entry. I think it's sick. You know, it's kind of. I love how they used to do that with the like the sexual play on some of the titles. Oh yeah, and and, and once you find out, you know that Rob Halford's gay, all the to- to- hot rock in point of entry, ram it down, like yeah, everything starts to make it so. Rumble <laughs> lover, man, looking for me. I know yeah. it's not on that album, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the up- go ahead, Kevin. The updated cover sucks. Um, it's just a road. It's an yeah. open road. I get it. I, I totally get it because this is a. You know what? If you think about it, this is the album that you'll hear somebody riding their motorcycle to in the open air. It makes sense. It's a really good joyride album. Mm-hmm. So not Absolutely the strongest, fun. but good joyride album. You, if you if it's on, you're gonna sing along. You're gonna listen to it. Um, all right, for my my pick here, I changed my mind. So I was going to add um, for for one of my top three. I was gonna do Journey, but I feel like if I did that that's an obvious record of the time. And I just feel like that would be, I mean, not, not on our list. Um, but I just feel overall in general in 1981, that it's just like one of the best records. We always hear songs. And I feel like, like I was saying to you guys, when I was texting it, you know, don't stop believing regardless if you're sick of hearing it, everybody will sing that fucking song. If it comes on, if you're somewhere drinking, having a good time with people, you will, even if you hate it, you're going to sing the song. So it's kind of a given, in the record overall, it's got some really good tracks on it and stuff. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to pick something else and not do that album and talk about it for a while. I'm going hey, with Breaking the Chain. Breaking the Chain, Dawkins. Yeah. But you were, no, what were you I was just going to say one thing about, uh, no, no, about Journey. Is it, there's like a few songs. If you're in a room full of women and you want to get them going, you put on that song <laughs> or you put on Respect by Aretha Franklin. And the chicks go crazy. But anyway, That's go ahead. Hilarious. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, speaking of chicks going crazy, uh, who doesn't love some Don Dawkin? But yeah, the band Dawkin, uh, Breaking the Chains. So the album was originally actually released under his name of Don Dawkin. He was already popular um, in Europe. So I, I can't remember where he's from. I can probably just look it up. I think he's from Denmark or something like that. Um, he was already popular. And so he started as Don Dawkin and then decided to bring his music uh, worldwide. And, you know, the band Dawkin was formed in the U.S. And, or they were, yeah, they were formed in the U.S. Um, by a record label, probably Electra Records. And it was re-released in 1983. So there's 
there's a lot of controversy there because it technically came out in 81 and then was changed, given a new album cover and released under the moniker of only Dokken. Um, really, really great record. In my opinion, it's just underrated. Um, these guys are always get slapped with the label of hair metal band and they're not, they're not a fucking hair metal band at all. Um, they're just a straight up rock metal band. Um, they got a lot of great tracks. Like, Breaking the Chain obviously is a strong tune, and then uh, Night Rider's awesome. Night Rider's a metal tune. Uh, it's like a Judas Priest song. Um, really, really strong. Paris is awesome. Uh, Stick to Your Guns, Seven Thunders, another track that I really like. So I don't think it has any filler. Does it have a couple slow songs on it? Yeah. Again, more mainstream rock. But Don Dawkins like really good at mixing pop and rock into metal and that's that's why i feel like this was a good strong entry for the band um because it's better than a lot of stuff that's out there for for that year Uh, just solid musicianship all around yeah man i'm gonna say yeah out of out of the docking i've heard you guys are a lot more experienced with docking than i am but uh it's probably my least favorite out of like their next four and he's from la by the way it's from la oh is he He's not from yeah yeah but but you know you know what I was watching an interview with Mickey D of uh, formerly a King Diamond and the Motorhead and all that the drummer and he actually was in a band with Doc and so maybe that's where the confusion led because I think he spent a lot of time in Europe you know because maybe of, that's uh, what it was you know record deals and stuff like that yeah 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 but, ma- uh, ma- maybe he was just busy there yeah yeah my personal favorite actually lately I've been jamming it even uh, I think I mentioned this to Doug is back for the attack. It doesn't necessarily have like their most standout tracks, but the consistency on that record's awesome. But we're not yep. talking about that record. This record no, I'm not too experienced great. with, so I don't have much to say, even though I'm talking a lot. But go ahead, Doug. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I do like it, but out of the the Dawkins catalog, may, maybe it's maybe it's a give it go back and give it another listen. You know, I, I think as we change as people, you know, as we mature, you know, kind of our taste change with us. So something you. Mm-hmm. Something I might have disliked five years ago, I might love now. You know that happens all the all the time. Oh, if you if you talk to me when I was fourteen, even ten, twelve, whatever, and you're like you handed me a Dawkins record, I'd probably just throw it right back at you. <laughs> you know what I mean? But now as I get older, I'm opening myself up to a lot of this stuff, mainly because you guys, because you guys always talk about Dawkins, so it's it's on you, you know. And I have listened to them a little more over the past couple of years because of it. But back for the attack, like I said, loving that record. Love it. Good. Well, I'm glad you're, you know, I'm glad we're able to show you something like you showed us a ton of shit, you know, so kind of. Yeah. We're all there for each other. Yeah. It's like a (laughs) big old circle. All right, Marco. All right. That moves on. I'm not even numbering them. I'm just going with my next one. It's 10 in total, but this is going to be my next one is uh, Venom Welcome to Hell. Um, not my favorite Venom record as well. Black Metal and then, uh, in Le- uh, not at, Le- at War with Satan are my two favorites by them. But this is a great opening to them. You know, the song Sons of Satan open, it's just sick. Welcome to Hell, the song, it's a classic. You know, you got, uh, you know, Witching Hour, 1,000 Days of Sodom. They influence so many fucking people. You know, like uh, Mayhem with Mercy. I, I, you know, Mayhem named themselves after that song, the band. And 1,000 Days in Sodom, Sodom named themselves after that song. So, and plus they, what, basically inspired, or, or really were the biggest part in inspiring what Doug 
Doug got me into a little bit is like the the black metal from Norway, like the late '80s, early '90s stuff. You know, the church burning stuff that we've talked about in the past. And I just think it's a really good album. Not my favorite by them again, but it's it's just got some rippers on it, and I really enjoy listening to it. And I do own it on vinyl too. Ooh, I, I think I used to have it on picture disc. I don't know what the uh, hell happened uh. to it. All right, who's vibrating? Yeah, it's my phone. I can't figure it out. Hold on. Go ahead. Uh, so um, it's funny. I, I I liked this album a lot as a kid, and then I kind of moved on to other stuff. And then listening to it the other day for the first time in probably ten years, this it is. This is a fucking. This is a banger. Um, dude, like Witching Hour Alone, like you said. Um, Live like an angel. It's just at this time, I, I would say this is a landmark. Uh, a landmark album as far as just nothing was like this before, you know, like the vocals, like the deeper vocals, some of just the riffs, some of the drumming. Um, I don't know, man. I, I think, I think this might be the, uh, <laughs> sorry. I thought I shut it off. Damn it. But go ahead. Yeah. Um, I, I would say, I know we have our number one. What the fuck is going on over there? Oh. Trying to figure out how to shut off my notifications, but go ahead. Are you that popular? I get like one text a day, and it's usually like our group thread. You don't know how to uh, silence my yeah. You should, should be in silence. Often. No, it's just yeah. I don't have it right here, but go ahead. Yeah, but I, I think uh, "Welcome to Hell" is like was the catalyst for so many albums, especially for '81 being so early. Like going through like the whole list of like albums metal albums that came out in 81 a lot of them are very i don't say poppy but still very like um like clean vocals kind of like when men almost trying to sound like ladies if that makes Mm -hmm. sense yeah that makes sense just a lot of like feminine type vocals coming like from the men but fucking chronos just comes out and you know this raspy ass voice and i think he opened a door yeah absolutely and the thing is, real quick on on this, uh, you know, Venom. You look back on them; they are extremely cheesy, extremely. Well, probably one of the cheesiest bands at all time of metal. But they changed the game. They were that band that really like influenced Slayer, and you know, Slayer influenced so many others. They influenced black metal. They were just there, and, and they did so much for for metal and moving it forward into the more extreme genres. That you can't take nothing away from them, no matter how cheesy and how like hokey it was. Because you look back, they were scary back then. But you look at it with like, what do they say, fresh eyes or whatever? Or, yeah, man, cheese as fuck. <laughs> I mean, the, the album cover alone, it's got like the pentagram and the goat head. I mean, for 1981, Welcome to Hell, like that was, you know, you look at all, a lot of the other album covers and they're just these dudes dressed up in hockey pads and... You know, or this super, like, fantasy kind of shit, kind of on the ass end of the 70s, you know? Like, mm-hmm. I saw the Praying Mantis one, which actually is a pretty cool cover, but they're another one that kind of had that vocals that I just I just couldn't get into, you know? Oh, I, yeah, I listened to them. I, I, I By song, too, that was off off the... Uh, that was on to the next one. <laughs> yeah, a, a lot of those albums just kind of didn't, didn't make the cut. And that's why, like, hearing this after hearing four other albums or so, I'm like, fuck, I forgot how good this album, how much it slaps, like, just... For 1981, Welcome to Hell fucks. Pardon my friend. Yeah, yeah, and I've heard, I think there's a lot cheesier out there than than Venom. I mean, Raven's appearance alone was cheesy. Their album covers were fucking ridiculous looking. <laughs> and then you got Man you know, of War. I, I, I agree. <laughs> yeah. and, and, but like, yeah, 
Man of War was ridiculous. But Venom was really, like, one of the first metal bands. I know, like, Coven and stuff, you know, 70s stuff used, like, I think they used some satanic imagery, but I think Venom really made it, like, the go-to for a long time for satanic imagery, too. Yeah, I think they stepped it up a notch. They just had the right time, you know, right kind of attitude, right kind of imagery, a new sound and a more aggressive sound, and <laughs> fuck. Yeah, I think that's a, I think that's a great album. Um, all right, so my next one, um, this was kind of a fun one. Uh, hailing from Toronto, Canada, Anvil's debut album, Hard and Heavy. Um, which I didn't realize they did a cover of uh, Paint It Black by the Rolling Stones, which actually isn't, isn't terrible. I actually enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. Um, then you got, like, School Love, which... Kevin, uh, are you familiar with this album, Kev? Uh, no, I haven't looked too much into it. At, at some point, check out School Love on Hard and Heavy, dude. I think you'll really like the drumming. Rob Reiner, um, he does this, like, offbeat shit that kind of... I don't want to say it was unheard of at the time, but... You had bands like Kansas and shit doing stuff like that. But, like, with, with Lips Riffs and his offbeat drumming, um, I think you'd actually like it. But, Just, uh, Kevin, really look for a remastered version, though. The album doesn't have the best sound. And I know you're a sound. You're, like, an audio oh. file and stuff. Okay. Yeah, I, I would put that on your playlist at some point just to check out. It's a fun one. And then, dude, all right, so out of, out of all the albums I listened to, I think at least half of them had... Some type of weird, creepy, like, they have a, um, a song called Hot Child on this album. And then there was, like, like sexy women. Like, there was some variation of, like, women and, like, some, some adjective describing them. Like, on, like, five or six of these albums, I'm like, what, what was going on in 1981? Everyone was just all fucking horned up, like. But, um, but yeah, so that would be, that'd be my next choice. I mean, they yeah, were. It's, it's a pretty good. It's a pretty good record. Uh, I listened to it today, as a matter of fact. And, yeah, I thought it was pretty good. Um, again, I, I talked about it in the past. Anvil's not my favorite band. I respect them, though. Great live act. Uh, I like Metal on Metal a lot better. And I, like, it's just so much heavier. It has a more of a metal tone. This has more of a rock tone, which is fine. Oh. It's a metal record with a rock tone. But, hey, it was a cool record. You know, that's all. Yeah. Anvil, the documentary. Watch the band whine about never making it big. <laughs> well, simultaneously making it big and then still not making it big. Again, and going back, back back to Influence, you know, it's another band. I mean, they helped influence Metallica and Megadeth and all. Like, those early thrash bands were very influenced by Anvil. They just, unfortunately, didn't get their due, you know? you know. But bands liked them, you know, but they didn't have fans. They were, what is it, band's band or whatever they say, you know? Yeah, I think you said before last time we talked about Anvil that they basically inspired the bands that kind of took it and ran and kind of left them in the shadows, which sucks for them. But, dude, yeah, I mean, I just think the overall skill of Anvil didn't match up either. I just think they, except for Rob Reiner, Rob Reiner's amazing, and not Meathead Rob Reiner. From all <laughs> in the family. Rob Reiner, the drummer. Distinction and, noted. But he's, a, he's amazing. Yeah, he's a great drummer. Yeah, he is a great drummer. I mean, they got like 18 fucking studio albums like over the past you know since 1981 that's pretty impressive yeah i mean when did that documentary uh come out they were making the album we are 13 which was their 13th record on that yep that was maybe so, 08 or 09 yeah so that's crazy and they've been pumping them out they, they I, work though i'll give them that they'll play for four people if you watch the documentary and they'll play their fucking asses off like there's a million people there it's crazy oh yeah I think they're used, that's I think they're used to it 
<laughs> I mean, I think I saw him at Ralph's once, and there was maybe 15 people there. And then I seen him at the uh, the Middle East, and there was maybe 25 people. You know, but same thing. They just played their I played their the, hearts I, out. I thought the Ralph's. I thought the Ralph show that was more man. I mean, it wasn't sold out, but I, it seemed like there was like 100 people there. Oh really? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I remember because I was at that show and I, I wanted to watch the vibrator solo. Was the main reason I went. <laughs> <laughs> you brought your own vibrator to throw on the stage. Use mine. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what I did. It was my hot pink one. Oh my! I'm sorry, my salmon one. Yes, <laughs> hot salmon. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin, what's your next? Next pick, uh, definitely going a little more mainstream, Moving Pictures by Rush. And, um, I mean, it's a great record. Uh, Vital Signs is killer. Uh, YYZ, Red Bruschetta, just awesome standout tracks aside from the two that everybody seems to know, uh, obviously. Um, so you got Tom Sawyer and Limelight, but, I mean, there are so many other killer tracks that I feel like always get overlooked when people talk about this record. Uh Technical, progressive, uh, hard rock, man. Cool-ass album cover. I really enjoy this one. Yeah, I, I agree, man. I was listening to... Uh, I mean, I've heard it so many times, I didn't even have to listen to the record. But I was listening to Rush other songs, like Natural Science, which is my favorite song off of Permanent Waves, yesterday. So Rush always is around, man. I, I, I love I love that record. Uh, but I know it again, like the back of my hand. And... Uh, yeah, there's not much to say about it. I mean, it's a fucking classic. Everybody knows it's a classic. I mean, damn, man. And they're amazing. And what's amazing about them, it's three fucking dudes, dude. And it sounds like there's like 18 people in the band. Agreed. And they pull it off live, which is amazing, you know? And uh, what was the other thing I was going to say? And this is the first uh, band that made our 80 and 81 list. Oh. Oh. There's three of them. There's three of them. But this is the first. <laughs> That's awesome, and you know what? Doug, anything... They're they're band men that any anybody could listen to. That's I think that's why they're so great. You know, every everybody appreciates their uh, their technical ability. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate yeah. it, and they definitely influenced a lot of that prog metal that really Kevin gets down with. You know, like Opeth and whatever else. You know, they're big influences on those bands as well. I mean. And I don't know if, they, you know, Rush is necessarily a metal band. They do have some heavy tracks, though, so I think they, they definitely border it. Yeah, they kind of teeter, you know, between... Especially when it's, like, so technical, too, to boot. Yeah, especially their early stuff. Some of their late 80s stuff I don't like too much, like Roll the Bones and stuff like that. But uh, this is, like, probably my, my... You know, I think this ends their, like, extremely good era. And then they go, don't get me wrong, if, if you're in the 80s lighter rush too, I mean, I, I, I understand why people like it, it's just really not my thing, but this is the this ends rush for me, is moving pictures. I'm trying to move, uh, I'm trying to move beyond this one and actually give some of that other stuff a shot from like the late 80s and early 90s, um, and I will, I mean, I will when it comes up, but I've added it to my library and I'm just kind of waiting for a track to come on. I want it to be spontaneous so that I really enjoy it. So we'll see. Mm-hmm. Or you really dislike it. One or the other. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Is it my turn again? It is my turn again, huh? Wow, that one quick. All right, uh, next album, classic. Uh, I think I think it's my favorite Dio era Black Sabbath album. I think. I have a hard time because Heaven and Hell rules too. 
but it definitely has my favorite song. It's Black Sabbath's The Mob Rules. Nice. Which my favorite song, by the way, is Sign of the Southern Cross. And I'm going to say something very controversial here. I think it's the best Black Sabbath song ever written. Ever. Whoa. Well, that's, a, that's, yeah. that's heavy. It's heavy, but it is. It's my favorite. It's got like the best prodding riff and just the way Dio sings on it. And I've also said controversial things like I think Dio's a way better singer than Ozzy. But they have different ranges. I get it. We've talked about it before. We don't have to get all that crazy. But like Voodoo, Turn Up the Night, you know, even Country Girl, Falling Off the Edge of the World. This album's freaking from front to back is unbelievable. I listen to it, like, again, probably a little bit more than I listen to Heaven and Hell uh, as far as the Dio era stuff. But definitely more than Dehumanizer, even though I like that album, too. But, yeah, that's my uh, that's my uh, final uh, solo pick is that. You, you didn't pick a song on there uh, to talk about, which I'm happy to, to fill in here, is Slipping Away, which is Love it. such a killer... Uh, Led Zeppelin based drum song and after listening to an interview recently with Vinny Apache he talked about how his favorite drummers John Bonham um, and man this is such so reminiscent of that and I'm and I'm wondering if he took lead on it because you close your eyes I mean it's like this could totally be a Led Zepp song No, I agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It definitely has that feel to it. I do agree with you on that. You know, but uh, I would have picked this. I'll give another one of my top albums. Honestly, this if uh, you bastard, you picked it to to talk about because that would have been my number one. Oh, like you, you're n- number one of 1981 or number one of your picks? Uh, probably number one of both. Okay. Yeah. It's right there for me, man. I, I, I agree. It's, it's definitely, we're getting into, you know, that, that top five country or whatever. And, and yeah, the, the top ones are all magical. But you did pick another one, right? Because we did text and you said you'd pick something else, correct? Yeah. Okay. Okay, good. good. I just want to make sure. All uh, right. You got anything to say? No. Uh, love the album. Uh, I'll have to live. Was it slipping away, Kev, you said? Yes. All right, I'll have to uh, give it another listen with uh, with Zeppelin ears on, and uh, maybe hear something that I've never hit, heard before. So, um, yeah, no, I think it's a solid album. Fucking Sign of the Southern Cross, like I said, alone is fucking, you know, that could have been just one song in the album, and it would have made the best album in 1981, or close to it. Yeah, man. It's it, to me again, just one of I think it's one of the greatest songs ever. Like to me. The way Dio sings, man, it's just unreal. But Doug, you can uh, move it into your next one if you'd like. All right, so I did a, I did another fun one, which this is one that this is a band that um, have has influenced many, many, many bands that um, I just I don't know for whatever reason I kind of passed by the early stuff, maybe because of the weird ass album covers. But so this one's gonna be um, Riots Fire Down Under. It's their third studio album and their last with the original vocalist guys. Sep- Speranza, sound right? Speranza, let's go with that. Um, Tequila and swords, tequila, tequila. Yeah, dude, swords and tequila. uh, Fire down under, outlaw, uh, alter the king, run for your life, dude. All great tunes, and this actually hit number forty-nine on the uh, nineteen eighty-one Billboard uh, Billboard, which is pretty cool. Uh, the fucking album covers, though, I still don't know what they were going for. Like, this one here, I think it's, 
What's it like a uh is it like a pigeon or like a sea lion? A sea lion with like fire around him? I don't know. I can't fucking I'm not Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> and it's it's very easy, Doug. It's Speranza. Speranza. Guy Speranza. Guy Speranza. <laughs> Yeah, that was I can't read my own writing. <laughs> I can't read my own writing. All right. Can but, you uh, say? <laughs> I don't. I was gonna say. Speaking of cheese, I can never figure out how their terrible album covers. Yeah, I I don't know where those came from or what theme they were going for or for it. It's just a really fucked up inside joke that you know went on for like four or five album covers. Do you, th- do you think they looked at, like, the budgie records with, like, the bird heads or whatever on them, and they were like, let's do this, but with seals? <laughs> <laughs> I guess. Yeah, I, I guess. Either. Yeah, just maybe... Yeah, maybe, I... <laughs> it was high, maybe it's all high as fuck thinking it was the greatest idea ever, and it's just fucking come out, you know, 30 years later, uh, whatever, almost 40 years later, fucking... Just like, what were we thinking? Yeah, somebody yeah, somebody should have stopped them at the uh, record label. Somebody should have said, "This is a really, really bad PR move." If you guys want to be taken seriously, dude. And they were on Electra and Victor uh, for a hot minute too. I think this one was put out on Electra. You know, so that's not like some indie label. Electra in the '80s was still pretty fucked, well, big. You know. Yeah, and, and and Riot again. It's one of those bands uh, that I never really listened to. It probably because of the album covers, but I knew they were like pretty, you know. Um, oh Jesus Christ! I can't think of the word. God damn it! But they inspired people, you know. Like, and 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 I know they were one of those bands that a lot of people look up to, and uh, you know. But it always held me back. But when Doug added this to the list yesterday, he texted and said, "I'm going to put this one on." I fucking listened to it, and damn, what a good record. Right? I loved it. This, the, the Speranza could sing his ass off, and I guess I was actually, I've been, I, I've been watching this metal, uh, uh, like a vinyl channel. It's like a hardcore punk metal uh, vinyl channel, and I wish I could think of the name of it. I would shout him out. Uh, but anyway, it's a good channel, and Riot actually comes up a lot. He's an older gentleman. He's probably about 50, 50-something years old, and... But Riot's one of his bands he constantly talks about. And he says Fire Down Below might be his favorite record. And so now I think another one, I think Saxon and Riot are going to be added to many playlists from here on out for the next few months because of this. And thank you, Doug, for opening me up to it. Yeah, no problem. Uh, Yeah, I'm the same. You know, I I wasn't too familiar before I started listening to it. I'm like, fuck, you know, I think Marco would like this and. You know, now we have new shit to listen to, you know, 40, 40 years later. A little late, but, you know, better late than never. But again, going back to what I said earlier, this is another album. If you gave it to me when I was 14 years old and I put it on, it, would, it wouldn't it make it five minutes. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd be like, let's just listen to Slayer. <laughs> I think that's my problem with a lot of these bands. Same fucking yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was just so heavy growing up, you know. We we grew up in like the death metal, thrash metal age, and it, it was so extreme. It, you know, like, like we've talked about before, even Black Sabbath. It took me till I got a little older to really get into them, because I thought they were too light. Same thing with their older Judas Priest. Painkiller was it for me, but now Painkiller's not even my favorite record anymore. You know, like it, it's crazy how things have changed for me as far as like Priest goes. You know, it, it's amazing how different you are as an adult. It's funny. I get more extreme. But I also get softer at the same time. 
<laughs> yeah, it's like, you know, you're you're balancing out, you know? Mm-hmm. Kevin? Yeah, so I I assume um for my the, the three picks that I had to pick, I was I was gonna do Aussie, but I assume that we're all is that gonna be in our top? Well, yeah. If you want to add another one in, who gives a fuck? We're not talking about anything else. Uh, it was planned to be yours, but if you got another one, we could do eleven. Who gives a fuck? Yeah, I mean, honestly, I, did anybody end up taking uh, Samson? No, but I but I love that that album. I listened to it today. Yeah, I mean, I I think we can all agree. Yeah, I mean, Ozzy's record still one of the best albums of nineteen eighty one. So I'm not even. We can just talk about that overall, but. I think a, a good shout out an underdog is Samson, especially since I am more of a Diano fan um, than a Brucey fan. I think Bruce is really good, but um, w- when we get to uh, one of our top picks for eighty-one, I mean, I would choose that any day over anything Dickinson. But Bruce was in this band before Maiden. That's how he got picked up. They all played shows together. I can't even. I don't think Bruce was the original singer of Samson on their nineteen seventy-nine album. I think he joined on um, the second album, Head On, uh, which has like a uh, an executioner on the cover of it. And um, then his last album was Shock Tactics, so 1981's Shock Tactics. And it's a really solid record. I listened to all of it today, and I, I really like it. And honestly, my favorite track is uh, called Communion. It's one of the slower tunes. It reminds me, it's kind of got that children um, vibe to it in, in the way that Bruce sings on it. Uh, it's just, he's, his voice is unbelievable. Uh, I, I just, it's it's a killer track, so I really recommend it. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's all sorts of other tracks in there, like Riding with the Angels, Earth Mother, um, Go to Hell, uh, Grime Crime's really good too, so it's a good record musically, but... For, for Bruce singing on it, I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I, I listened to it today, too, and it was great. And uh, why don't we do this? Why, I have another one that I'm going to talk about that, that was just outside. And then, Doug, you got an extra one that you can talk about, Doug? Yeah, I got to, yeah. All right, so I'm going to just name one extra one. Uh, and I agree with you. Doug, you ever listen to Samson Record? I'm gonna not going to lie, no, I haven't. Yeah, but... it was my first time today. Really liked it. All right, it's, go, it's going on the list. So, Children yeah, of the Dam, Doug, you'll like Communion. It ha- it has that feel to it. Mm-hmm. Okay. And um, mu- musically, what, what would you compare them to? Or are they kind of in their own realm being so early? No. I mean, they're the new wave of British heavy metal, man. I mean, it's... Uh... They're, it's pretty relative. I don't I don't hear a lot of the twin attack going on, but it is... Uh, yeah, it, it's solid new wave. I mean... Not doing much different from what Maiden was doing. Yeah, especially in '81. I mean, it's a lot different than '84 Maiden. You know what I mean? But but for '81, oh. I'd say it's pretty similar. You know, du- vocally, one thing to note too. Uh, I noticed that Bruce sing at least is singing on. I think this is his second record with them. Um, it on is. this, it is. Yeah. Okay, it is. So on the first record, his vocals were a little higher. Uh, I think he was trying to emulate the first dude. He really found himself by uh, Shock Tactics, and he sounded a lot like himself when he was on the Fear of the Dark record. Those deeper vocals, a little more like uh, 
Brian Johnson ACDC style. And his voice is a little more of that and a little less of the clean maiden vocals that we ended up getting from him. Hmm. Okay. All right. I'm definitely going to have to check it out now. Doug, you got, what's your bonus one? Fuck it. So there was two just honorable mentions. Um, Molly Hatchet. Um, they're another one that I, I never really listened to, but I listened to like three or four songs off. Uh, I don't even know what album came out in 81 from them. But I actually enjoyed the Molly Hatchet and the Girls School uh, album. Agreed. Both of those, both of those, I just kind of like threw on. I'm like, all right, I'll check it out. Maybe I'll fall in love with it. Maybe I'll hate it. But yeah, both of those, um, I think I'll end up throwing on the playlist too, just to kind of familiarize myself with them. Yeah, I didn't get around to the Hatchet, but I did listen to like the first half of Girls School today, and uh, yeah, it was pretty cool, man. Reminds me uh, of a uh, very female Motorhead, and uh, you wonder why they were such good friends. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, not every song has that vibe, but the opening song on the record, I wish I could remember what it was, definitely has that Motorhead feel. Yeah, that that's definitely going to be on my list, too. And then um, uh, Demon. Um, I don't like the whole album, but I really like Night of the Demon. If you guys want just a good uh, one of those songs, it kind of has an eerie vibe to it, and it's got good lyrics. It's got a good, uh, good opening riff. That one I would check out, just yeah, that look- song. Yeah, I looked at that album cover. It was actually on my list. I just didn't have enough time. There was like four or five albums I didn't get to to listen to. That was one of them. Yeah, 81 and, was a uh, busy year. Yeah. And for me, my my like it's more of a nostalgia pick and and I do like most of the album. But it's when they started their descent towards pop in a way with a couple of songs on it, but it's uh Def Leppard High and Dry. Uh, I really like that this album. I think it's their pinnacle. I think it's the best album they ever wrote. They still had a little metal influence in them. And again, bringing on the heartbreak is the song that started pushing them towards mainstream. And, and then they kind of developed that formula for the next couple of records that uh, I don't like as much, even though I like Pyromania, but the other one that Kevin loves that I hate that one. <laughs> yeah. They found that winning formula and they just ran with it. And Bastard. had tons and tons of, threesomes because of that formula oh yeah 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 yeah. i ain't doing any other sexual uh activity mothers or whatever happened because of their daughters songs. mothers daughters grandmothers <laughs> same time yeah <laughs> <laughs> anyway down to the top two what's the kevin why don't you hit it off oh all right yeah you know all right uh, i mean ozzy osborne dire of a madman yeah, man. I mean, my favorite Aussie killer record. record. Is it really? Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Why? Yes, sir. Uh, I just like the songs on it, man. I just think uh, overall, I just love the feel of the album too. Like in the song "Diary of a Madman," man, I just love like the whole uh, choir part and stuff. It's just so epic. And uh, I'm just trying to get a song listing up here because I confuse songs off their first two albums all the time because I think they're both awesome. Don't so get me got, wrong, Blizzard's like one B. You know what I mean? This one A, Blizzard's one B. I like I like uh, the creepiness of little dolls, and I really really enjoy Sato S A T O. Yes, that, that, that song is today. It came up on random. Yep, killer. It's just one of the tracks on the record nobody pays attention to. So I'm just trying to point some of those out because they it's a phenomenal track. You yeah, know what? You can't kill rock and roll. Fuck man. Yeah, over the oh, mountain, flying high again. I think you might be right, Marco. I think this might actually be my favorite um, 
Ozzy album. I mean, like you said, Blizzard's a close second, if not equal, but, dude, this one's just such a banger. I mean, it's no Crips of Eternity, but, uh... <laughs> um... <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this this is a fucking banger for sure. Just the the vibe, the cover, everything about it. Yeah, I'm looking. I mean, I'm looking at the track listing for Blizzard, and I I do think I like that album a little bit more. You know, like I can live without listening to Goodbye to Romance. I think it's a good song. Don't get me wrong, but I can listen. You know, Noble and Movies is another one I can really live without. Yeah, same. and uh, but Revelation Mother Earth is just such a great song. I know we all love that song. Uh. But yeah, anyway, go back to Diary. Yeah, it's just my always been my favorite. I don't know why. Just always been. Uh, just I think from front to back, it's a better record overall. I I would dare to say this, but I would pick Black Sabbath's um, album over this. Oh, I, I would really too. To. I would yeah. too. Yeah. But I think I think uh, the reason this has to get the number two, and then, you know, I guess it's our personal thing, so we could have put it where it was. Is is I just think it's the success of the album and yeah. you know how big it was and it just Randy's just last insane. record. I mean, like yeah, Sabbath couldn't fucking sell anything. I mean, they were doing okay with Dio, but they weren't doing nothing like all what they did with Ozzy or what Ozzy was doing by himself. I mean, I think it's fair to say that Ozzy was bigger than Sabbath probably ever was as far as like you know shows and crowds and stuff. You know, I think Ozzy at this time was just so fucking big, dude. You're selling out monsters of rock and shit, playing in front of like a hundred thousand people. You know, it's fucking crazy, dude. Him and Motley Crue up there banging out. You know? Yeah, it's crazy. Anyway, man. yeah. Great album cover too. Something? Great album yeah, cover. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's just such an awesome horror themed, and I I love that he followed through with that too. Bark of the Moon and everything. So even the first record, mm-hmm. the first cover too. I just loved the theme. Um, I loved. Ozzy Osbourne's uh, his art uh, his logo is was awesome. Whoever designed that, right. that's killer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everything about it, I think, is just uh, awesome. I think I, I think I have an original Marco. Do you have that one on vinyl? Do you have the Aussies on vinyl? Yeah, I have the first two, uh, and I want to get No Rest for the Wicked and uh, Ultimate Sin, but those are on my list to eventually get. But yeah, I have the first two. Nice. I found them at like like a shit like a flea market, like for real cheap. The vinyls were in good shape, but the covers are kind of shit. But you can still see the picture and stuff. But they have the rings and shit. I think I got them for like five bucks each or something like that. No, uh, it's not bad. Yeah, yeah, maybe Just cool. eight bucks. I don't know. Just cool to have, you know. Yeah, man, awesome. And uh, let's get into the number one album that we all decided. Um, and uh, you hear footsteps behind you guys. Yeah, Killers, Iron Maiden, number one. <laughs> one of my favorite bands, if not my favorite band overall through life. I mean, they were my favorite band when I was a little kid, and you go through phases up and down, but it always comes back to Iron Maiden. I put on Iron Maiden probably at least an album, I'd say once a month. This band is just probably the... You know, it's been with me the longest. You know, Metallica and them are probably the two oldest bands I listen to. Metallica, I listen to once in a while, but Maiden all the time. And, uh, man, I, there's not, not I could say about this album. I mean, a couple of my favorite songs from them are on it, like Murder on the Room Morgue. I'm not going to say every song because I want you guys to talk about it, too. And so that's all I'll say. Murder on the Room Morgue is one of my favorite fucking songs 
Maiden never did, that they don't play live, and I want to slap their bitch asses because of it. Yeah, why don't they? The Ides of March. I love this instrumental track. Yeah, and uh, Kevin, I think you were at the show, right? When they played Ozfest and they opened up with the Ides of March right into Wrathchild? Yeah, that was... um... Ozfest. Ozfest, yeah. We were there for that one, Kev. Yep. Yeah, I mean, that was the first time I saw Maiden. Me too, me too. And it was a great way to see him with that opening, man. It's fantastic. Yeah, that's... You guys got spoiled. Oh, man, did we ever... And and I bought the I remember buying uh, the DVD that had come out at the time too that they it was it was they were supposed to continue doing it it was like just the first half of their career so it was really the whole Diano era and I think that's really what drew me into them watching all of their live shows like live at the Hammersmith and stuff like that the early days um, mm-hmm. and I mean you know seeing them kick in with Wrath Child and stuff I I was sold on that era so watching that prior to going to see them i mean it was it was awesome yeah and it does go to 83 though uh that that uh it does yeah so it does get into it goes to peace of mind till peace of mind yeah so killers was the the first with adrian smith right and then the paul last with paul diano correct so so it's kind of a i don't know um great track listen though like you said they're not all gold but the ones that are fucking shimmer for sure. Uh, I I personally like every song on the album. Now, is it my favorite album? No, but it it probably be my top five. I mean, records. Uh, but dude, they, they their catalog, especially through like nineteen, I'd say eighty eight, is pristine. Mm-hmm. You know, I think every album is you know got its own unique sound. They they're all a little bit different. You know, you get, like, that punk rock vibe on the first two with Diano. It's his vocals. And I don't give a fuck about Steve Harris pisses me off. To say he's not influenced by punk is bullshit. Bullshit. Because <laughs> I hear a lot of punk elements in this shit. And he's like, we wrote it. Why? Because you heard a punk song, and that's where you got the idea for the riff. Yeah, is it a little more proggy at times? Sure. But there's definitely punk inspiration. I'm sick of him downing punk. Fuck Let's go. Steve Harris for that. Let's go fight him. Girls. I don't want to fight him. I mean, oh. He's an old bloke now, and I don't understand a word he says except fuck punk. <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, I mean... Go ahead, don't worry. Uh, I just want... I just, <laughs> I just want to mention um, Defiance does a, um, a great color of, co- cover of Killers on... Um, what is that, Kev? Is that Void Terra Firma? Uh... I think it is, yeah. Void Terra Firma. Or Far Beyond. One of those. No, no, I, I, no, I, I, no, it is. I think it's Void Terra Firma. Okay. Yeah, but they do, they do a great cover of that. Um, I know a ton of, yeah. I know a ton of bands have done, you know, covers of the early Diano shit, but uh, that's the one that always kind of resonates with me. Now, Purgatory, you think that's where John Schaefer got the, uh, you yes. know, got his inspiration for, for his first band? Certainly. There's no doubt. Yeah, so being such a fucking... Between Kiss and Iron Maiden, that was like, you know, a couple of his main influences. Yeah, I mean, look, look at the album Art Direction, uh, you know, the um, his version of Eddie. I mean, clear as day is just another version of Eddie. I don't know, Emotep or I don't know what the hell... I forget what they call uh, Ice Earth's I think version. They, I think of, you got it right. 
think yeah. it's that, isn't it? Emotep? Yeah. I think it is. I didn't know he had a name. Uh, I think so. No. Let me, uh, why don't you guys keep talking? I'll, I'll try to look that up. Yeah. Uh, Twilight Zone's Killer 2. It's another great track. Artwork, too, on all the singles is, is just awesome. Oh, it's uh, Set Abomine. That's what okay. It's set set Abomine. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I know I've heard it before. But yeah, man, uh, uh, the song, too, I really like. Is it uh, Prodigal, Prodigal Son? I, yes, I Prodigal Son. That, I don't know. Did you say that? I'm sorry. I was looking shit up. No. Okay, cool. Nice. Yeah. No repeats. <laughs> but yeah, I love that song, man. Like I said, man, it, awesome fucking record. Like, unbelievable. I still listen to this shit all the time. And I know Kevin, He's a, he, he hates Bruce Dickinson. Hates him. Wants to kill him. <laughs> and uh, Always talking shit about Bruce Bruce, as he was called in Samson, by the way. What a Bruce Bruce. fucking name. Bruce Bruce. Yeah. Bruce Bruce. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you. This this might be my uh this might be my number one Iron Maiden record. Yeah. I I'm not not surprised. I you know, I really like Number of the Beast uh musically and I mean, yeah, dude, I, I Dickinson crushes it on that, but I I've always wondered what it would have sounded like uh, with Diano behind vocals doing most of those tracks. And the other thing, too, is, um, I mean, I feel like most of those Maiden records after, even Peace of Mind, there's always one or two tracks that, like, why did you decide to put this on, like, fucking to tame up the land? Oh, God. No, no, no. That's our, uh, the Quest for Fire. Oh, Not Quest for Fire. Say. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, to tame a land is killer. Listen to that song. It's yeah, that's what it is. Man. Quest yeah. for Fire. I don't, I don't see nuts. I love yeah, I Quest for Fire. Do you really? But I, no, I do too, Doug. I, I, but can I you love that song. Though, with the whole like theme and just the way it sounds. I, I can see why people don't like that song. I can see that. I like it, though, personally. Sounds, um, like, yeah, it, sounds like a bird being shot at the beginning when he goes in the high vocal. <laughs> yeah, and it's completely historically inaccurate, but we don't we don't care. It's it's Bruce can talk about whatever he wants. Yeah, man. Well, I guess that wraps up that portion. Is there anything else you guys uh, got on the brain here while we're here? Um. Well, since Ozzy was uh, brought up, um, I guess he was just in, inducted into the WWE <laughs> Hall of Fame. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was gonna bring that up, but I didn't know if it was worthy. But yeah, it's a little fun note, isn't it? Um, because you know, I, I read the article. I'm like, is it just because he had like I think he had like a one of his songs um was like a theme song for like WWE or Raw, whatever it was. But I guess like Sharon's hosted. He's been a you know uh, a guest host a bunch of times. So I'm like, all right, well, why not? Yeah. Really? So just to okay. explain. I know a little bit about this as far as just they always do a celebrity and uh, every year they end up the celebrity. And so even if you had a cup of coffee there, uh, but you, you made sort of an impact. And I forget what he did exactly, but he did something at one of the WrestleManias, I believe, where he was like a manager or some shit. So, you know, <laughs> it makes him Hall of Fame worthy. OK. Which makes no sense to me, you know, but, you know, pretty soon Alice Cooper because he was there with Jake the Snake, you know, like around the time when he released Constrictor or whatever. So he's with Jake the Snake. Great marketing, right? <laughs> yeah, so, absolutely. So, you know, I, I think uh, he'll be next to go in. Spoiler alert, kids. Uh, wrestling is fake. 
Uh, Seattle didn't. say that it's predetermined, but you'll go you do didn't. it and have a thousand surgeries like they do and tear up your back and knees and all that shit. Go ahead, bro. It, oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, it's all played out. Like they, they, they already have it preset. It's, it's like watching a goddamn dance recital. They already know what they're doing. To an extent, yeah, yeah, yeah. They call it. Uh, well, I, I watched a lot of wrestling back in the day, but they, they call it in the ring. <laughs> Somebody it's predetermined. Needs to, Sasquatch said it's real to me. Damn it. <laughs> no, no, I'm not saying it's real like that, but it's definitely like pain wise. No, one of free. our listeners, one of our listeners in the chat said it's oh, yeah, real yeah, yeah, to me. Yeah. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Keep it coming. You can tell me that you hate me too. I don't care. That's fine. Yeah, man. I, I mean, I love wrestling, but you know, once you realize that it's um, choreographed and stuff, I'm like, shit, that doesn't mean that they don't, you know, they're still flying off ropes. I mean, the, you know, the, the board, the plywood or whatever they use, it's not comfortable. They're not landing on mattresses. No, 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 no. So I get it. I get it. I get the technicality behind it. But I, when I found out, I'm like, oh shit, really? They're just, I mean, this is just dramatized. What the fuck? Yeah, it's just entertainment, man. If you choose not to watch it, like I, I watch it, like, like I'll watch the Royal Rumble, and usually I'll watch WrestleMania, but now WrestleMania is like seven hours long, so I have no fucking interest. When it was like three or four hours, I'd watch it, but dude, it's literally a seven-hour show now. It's fucking insane. Wow. Who the fuck wants to watch anything for seven hours? I fucking tried watching that Justice League movie. That's four hours fucking long. It took me six tries because I kept falling asleep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Not a bad movie, just so fucking long, man. Why wouldn't they have break broken that into like like quarters or something? Or like even like two well, two hour halves. So no no, if you watch it though, you can pause it at this moments because it, it has like six chapters. So it'll say chapter one, it's like a half hour, chapter two is a half hour, chapter three is a half hour or so, you know what I mean? So you can actually stop it at points. Because it shifts the story to, like, different... Like, it basically creates the background for every character. I don't want to, like, talk too much about it because I don't want to do spoilers if people want to watch it. It's actually not a bad movie. I just think it's fucking just a little too long. I thought it was pretty good. And I got to watch Slacks, apparently. Oh, yeah. Slacks. Yeah. I was waiting waiting to be disappointed within five minutes, like I have been with a couple other movies on um, Shudder, and... I watched the whole thing, um, which for me, I'm like, I'm into it. I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, maybe I'll put it on my watch tonight because I did. Uh, I do. I do have that stuff. So let me, maybe I can uh, watch it tonight. You know, I, I'm, I'm over the whole King Kong thing, too. I watched that as well. And trying to watch the new movies. But you know what's coming out? That's going to be fucking cool. And this should harken back to your childhood. It comes out on the 16th. Mortal Kombat with fatalities in it. Uh, a movie? Yeah, but it's going to have, like, it's not going to be like the ones they did in the 90s. It's going to have, like, blood and guts and fatalities and shit. Death. Oh, okay. I think it's going to be badass. I don't know if you guys missed that, because the five-year age gap, but, like, That's when Mortal right. Kombat 2 yeah. came out, I was all over the arcade playing that shit, so it has a lot of meaning to me. Love Mortal Kombat. Yeah. What's that? Um Loved Mortal Kombat. The other movie coming out, too, that's going to be more on the side of horror is... Um, Doctor Strange, um, in I think it's Doctor Strange in the Multiverse or something like that, and it's going to, which is also going to have um, Scarlet Witch in it. Uh, it's going to be directed by Sam Raimi. That's cool. That's cool. So it's going to have one of the Olsen twin sisters in it. Oh God, she's yeah, Elizabeth Olsen. <laughs> yeah, and it's funny. I, 
Speaking of that, though, you ever see like there's like a meme on on it's a, it's an old one now, but like if if these movies came out in the '90s, who would play him? Can you guess who uh, who uh, Doctor Strange would have would have been Doctor Strange if it was a '90s movie? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I I always pictured. Um, uh, I want to hear what you say now. I just drew a blank. Blanking. Yeah, right. I blanked. Anyway, it's Keanu Reeves, but it makes a lot of sense. Oh, no, I'm you know? glad. I'm so glad he didn't. No, but if, they, if these movies came out in the 90s, you know, it would have been all these guys fucking playing these dudes, and, and I think Keanu would have been actually good for it. <laughs> but if you ever get a chance, check out that meme. It's got, like, Brad Pitt playing somebody and all these people. It's fucking hilarious. Like, Holly Berry would have been, uh, uh what's, uh, shit, I forget now. now Sasquatch, I this, Sasquatch said Kevin Spacey would have probably played uh, Doctor Strange. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin Spacey. I <laughs> I gotta tell you though, honestly, Keanu Reeves. I mean, uh, I mean, he he crushed John Wick, but I think that role was meant for him. Other than that, can we honestly? I mean, he's a terrible actor. Let's just let's just put it out there. We love you, Keanu. You do great things for the general public. Oh, yeah. But he can't I act. Guy, I mean, yeah. he would have been a terrible Doctor Strange. There would have been no emotion, you know. Mm-hmm. No, I, I agree with you. I mean, you know, for Keanu, my short list is basically Bill and Ted and John Wick. So yeah, I'm not, hey, I'm, what I'm about not, not really opposite a Matrix fan or anything? What about River's Edge? You know, I don't know. I, I don't think I've seen that since like 1993 or whenever it came out. So. Dude, the soundtrack alone, dude, Slayer, Hollow's Eve, fucking, it's 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 a good one. Got uh, what Dennis yeah. Hopper, Crispin Glovin, whatever the fuck his name is. Glover. Yeah, Crispin Glover. Um, that, that's a good one. Have you ever seen that one, Kev? I don't think I have. It's, yeah. Isn't it's... that the one that had River Phoenix or something, too, before he died? Or is it just because of Rivers is in the title? That's what I'm thinking of. I think, yeah. I've, um, <laughs> I think River Phoenix... Are you thinking of Stand By Me? <laughs> no, no, no. He was, he did a movie as he was dying, like, it was not complete, but he was still in it. Before he died, because he died what when he was like twenty years old or something. Yeah, he was young. Remember Phoenix, we're all over the place right now. Let's see. You guys remember? You guys know who his brother is? Yeah, it's uh, Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah, Joaquin. He dude, they, I, they, great family of actors. <laughs> oh, intense! Like Joaquin is just super intense with his like the that he, the, the, his performance in Joker just blew me away. Yeah, he's great. He's a good actor, and I loved him too. You know where Joaquin was great too. Was Gladiator? He was killer. Oh, yeah, he was the, the, evil, the evil emperor. Yeah, yeah. And he was a fucking cocksucker in that. You know, even though that story is completely false, it's got no historical relevancy. But you know, but he was really he was still cool. He was really good in Signs too. That that's a classic too, with Mel Gibson. I guess he was Signs, man. You haven't seen Signs, no, Marco? No, I never seen Signs. You know, it's it's one of those movies that, like, it, it was kind of, like, realistic in the sense of the way they reacted. You know, obviously it's like an alien movie, but it's very realistic, you know what I mean? Like, it's not like, hey, let's go fight the... It's just kind of like, Doug, I don't know, you, you'll, you'd have to see it, yes. Uh, Sasquatch has a recommendation for you. Uh, I heard my own private... My own private Idaho is a gateway mm-hmm. to homosexuality. <laughs> Wait, What? Is that a movie? It is, yeah. It's a River Phoenix movie. I remember it. I, I think I seen it when I was Go, younger. Check it out. Okay. Sasquatch recommends. It might explain some things. 
Yeah, might explain some things. He gives it two pe- intricacies. Two penises up. <laughs> All right, boys. Three, three fingers. Wouldn't that be three fingers up or three thumbs up? Three, yeah, three, yeah, three thumbs up. Three thumbs up. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe. The, I don't know. And there's no metal news tonight. I mean, what else are we going to talk about? So, uh, yeah, you know, ain't no, shit going on, man. No, um, you know, I, for everybody out there that wants to see a show, I know these guys enjoy going to shows. Uh, I interviewed somebody from one of the uh, outdoor arenas that we have locally in New Hampshire, and uh, they're hurting, man. They're doing drive-in stuff, but it's just not the same, and they don't think they're going to see anything really open this year. They're thinking 2022, so don't really get your hopes up. Um, You know, obviously, we want to see stuff, you know, open like Florida and Texas seem to be smart ones. Cali now. To make money, um, they, we just can't we can't continue to do what we're doing. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, it's unfortunate because I know people have their hopes up to see stuff, and I just I don't know if it's going to happen. You know. Hey Kevin. Yeah, I don't have my hopes up. Sasquatch says, "Oh shit, New Hampshire, we're neighbors." <laughs> can you see me now? <laughs> yeah. Can you? Um. What? Is it, what up? is it Nick or whatever his name is? Nate from across the street. No. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Probably is my neighbor fucking with me. That would make sense. I love it. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's uh, we'll see. I, I miss you know being able to go to local shows, even at even at uh, Jewel, you know. Yeah. Just see, just see those know, obscure man. bands. Seeing those obscure yeah, bands, I was thinking about it. I'm 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 itching for it, especially before November. You know, I'm like, oh man, I can't wait to go to a show. Maybe, probably not. <laughs> Yeah, Maybe I mean, I was, I was, I was texting with Doug. I mean, like Maryland Death Fest lineup for next year. They, you know, they've missed two years now because of this pandemic, and for next year, the lineup is just completely stacked. And and I'm going. I don't give a shit. After this shit year we've had, or year and change now, it's it's time to do something. So I'm gonna go f- four days balls off, bring as much money as I can, buy vinyl, do whatever I can because I haven't done anything in fucking. By that point, it'll be almost two years. Yeah, or it'll be two years. It'll be over two years. You know what I mean? So. Yeah, man, I can't wait. I hope that shit happens. <laughs> if that gets oh. canceled, life is over, dude. Hey, you know what? How about this, this really quick? Before we jump off, any any um, you know new singles that are out? I, I know I can tell you right now, for me, you know, one of my favorite bands, The Absence, uh, great melodic death metal band, they just dropped a single. So for any, anybody out there that enjoys some good death metal, uh, they got a track they dropped called, uh, well, the whole album is going to be called coffinized and uh they dropped a track called choirs of sickness i, yeah, I gotta check that out I, I haven't listened to it yet Doug, go ahead i'm sorry yeah no uh, same 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 with me i i remember you mentioned it and i meant to check it out but um that's on the list too but that now speaking of the absence um they got have you have you checked out uh in human condition yet kev i have not and is it because um they had to change their name. Yeah, my guess, my guess is Cam Lee was the original dude in Massacre. Probably had a falling out like he does with everybody, you know, including Chuck Schuldner. He's the original singer of Death and all that stuff. And uh, anyway, yeah, so I'm guessing something to do with him, but I don't want to speculate too much. But I, if I had to guess, that's it. So they they dropped out, got Terry Butler, who was an original member of Massacre as well, and uh, yeah, formed in Human Condition, which is one of the songs off their. Uh, 
beautiful record from beyond that's true yeah so i'm excited to hear i think there's maybe one song out that i've heard um same logo too. The... Yeah. yeah 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 the font the font's the exact same it's and uh, i just want to shout out one album um and you could go back i just want to shout it out is enforced kill grid check it out you like fucking thrash power trip moments shit like that fucking that album is uh insanely good i i concur and uh <laughs> another one that just dropped if you're if you are a fan of uh moving pictures and in rush it's genghis tron their record is uh Dream Weapon just it just dropped recently. Fucking killer, in my opinion. Uh, I don't like any of their other shit. It's it's a little wait. It's a little too experimental for me. A little too Kevin Spacey for me. Um, yeah. So j- I just love what they're doing. I think this is a new direction for them. But if you're a fan of Rush, check out Genghis Tron, their new record. Yeah, I've seen their album covers and shit, and I'm like, ah, <laughs> like. I don't know about all this, but I'll I'll give it a shot, man. I'll check it out. So anyway, Kevin, roll us out. This is Kev. Hey, yeah, thanks. (laughs) Doug. I'm off to watch my own private Idaho. (laughs) Don't do it, Doug. Don't do it. Enjoy. Thank you.